Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Hello? Oh my god. (laughs) Have you been getting the exposure notifications? No. Availability on your iPhone? What is that? Mine just keeps alerting me that I can put in settings on my iPhone to where I would be tracked based on other people who are testing positively for coronavirus. Mm. No, I didn't. But I don't want those alerts. That kind of freaks me out. (laughs) I come in contact with way too many motherfucking people. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what if I go to Target and someone's in like the same aisle as me and and then I'm racking my brain like, where did I, where did I potentially Is it that, do they track you that hardcore? I I have no idea, but it's in my settings. But it keeps pushing notifications to my home screen. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I should probably do it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm Brian. And I'm COVID negative. <laughs> and you are listening to Fruit Snacks. Roll it up now. Did, have you been watching... Like, have you been following Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like, news with Tom yeah. Girardi and Erica? Yeah, it's intense. Oh, my God. Well, at first I was like, oh, well, it makes sense why they're getting divorced. But then all this little shit is coming out mm-hmm. where Tom Girardi was working on the case for the Boeing Max, whatever, when the plane crashed. And he was, like... Based in Illinois. Yeah, like, yeah. representing all these clients who got paid out from that mm-hmm. lawsuit. And I guess the money never went to the clients in a... Apparently he took it or something. Well, I, don't I don't understand know. how that didn't come up sooner. I agree. I agree. But they say this was like a year ago or something. Yeah. But they're getting divorced and people are now speculating they're getting divorced so that they can like save their assets. But I don't know what assets they have left because he was just quoted uh, within the past couple of days saying that he lost between 50 and 80 million. He's like, I don't have any more money. Really? <laughs> yeah. How did he lose all that? He said there was a point where he had f- somewhere between 50 and 80 million dollars in cash. on hand and he's like i don't have that anymore it's gone wow yeah could you imagine i don't even have a thousand on on hand like girl like i'm i don't live paycheck to paycheck but it feels that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i would not imagine i could not imagine i i don't think i'd want that much money because the more money you have the more you're like oh what could i buy today Mm. you know and i don't need shit right now so i definitely don't need shit that's more than a thousand dollars yeah if I had eight hundred eight, what is it? Eighty million dollars. I would buy a shower door. <laughs> I've been trying to get a shower door for years, but yeah, I just, I just can't because there's other things in my life I need, <laughs> like coffee. Mm. I hate TV, but there's something so entertaining about those programs. Not because I think what they're talking about is <laughs> <Ew> important. Programs, <laughs> <laughs> those masterpiece, Oscar-worthy, <laughs> egot programs. Mm. Like I don't I don't care about their lives, but the stuff that they complain about makes me feel really grateful. And I mm-hmm. think that's what I need is just reminders of being like, bitch, you're fine. And it makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. That's so. why I still watch the Kardashians. <laughs> Which they're going to Hulu, by the way. I know. Yeah. Anyways, what's been going on with you this week? I've been going to the gym. I'm going after we record this sesh. And I had a really great conversation with not a potential employer, but a potential coworker. Uh, but somebody who agreed to do an informational interview with me, yeah, who was extremely relatable in terms of being a past performer who wanted to do something more and, and different with his life and was really gracious with his time. And what do I want to say? I don't know, but this is so interesting. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, he he allowed me the the opportunity to ask him any questions I had, but then also took the time to reciprocate questions to me, right? In in effort to help you figure out what job role you would go into or like what within you're looking his for. company, right, not right. just like a generic um, brainstorm right. of ideas, but it was more specifically like, let me help you get to where you want to be. Do you, do you always um, set up these informational meetings when you're looking for a new job or is this like a new thing that you're doing? I don't know because the last time I looked for a job was when I applied at and before that I was serving. So I wasn't setting up informational interviews with anybody. Do we need to bleep that out? Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's fucked up now? Huh? That's my one time. Back up. Timestamp, please. I, I, that's what I'm working on. But yeah, I didn't set any up. I've, I think this is my first time reaching out as consistently and as often as I have been. Yeah. I don't think I've ever felt the need to do that. Not saying what you're doing is wrong or like wasting your time. But for whatever reason, I don't think I would ever set up an informational meeting because I think I would just like... I guess get the information on my own. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a good idea. Well, it's not a lack of availability to information, but it's the extra connection step where my my message would be lost amongst a lot of others that are being sent at the same time versus this person now being able to say, I can go in and specifically look for your message Mm -hmm. and pull it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So if that's the case, when does all that potentially could start in the new year? This, the new year, yeah. January. So hopefully when we start recording again, you're like, oh, I love my new job. Yeah. Or you're like, so I'm working at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go I'm, Starbucks. I have like so many informational meetings set up, so it's amazing. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to have so much information. Yeah, it is getting old, the informational interviews. It's not my favorite thing because it feels like this step that I'm just taking as an extra step. And I, I want like the goods, the action to come my mm-hmm. way, but it's it's helping. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least people are hiring. That's that's mm-hmm. a good sign. Yeah. I'm flying like the rest of this month from then. Like literally, I'm gone every single day from this point on till January. Oh, thank God. But I, I mean, I'm gonna be back and forth because I'm just doing two day trips. Oh, but fuck. I'll be gone almost every fucking day. And it's like so exhausting. I was on the plane flying back from Fort Lauderdale and I was flying with this senior flight attendant who has been with my company for like 30 plus years, I would say. And she lives in um, a beach town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to give too much details away. She lives in a ritzy beach town, but she was telling me or she was talking to me about the frustration she currently has with COVID and all this stuff. And it was funny because I feel like I have a way of listening to people. Well, I can. I can use this tact. I don't always use it because I love to run my mouth. But in this moment, I was using this tact of just being like, oh, my God, no way. Like, I think she thought I agreed with, like, 90% of the stuff she was saying when I'm, like, completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, she was, like, kind of alluding to the fact that, like, COVID is a hoax. Mm. She was saying, I don't have my um, kids social distance. I think it's just ridiculous. My my dad doesn't really want to hang around the kids. He's 80. And I just think it's stupid. Like, I think he's being dumb and all this stuff. And then she started talking about the vaccine and how she was saying that from her research, she felt like it was just a pharmaceutical scheme to, like, make money Mm -hmm. and no one needed it. And it was a way to, like, do population control because it's going to affect our DNA. I hope so. And I was like... Oh, where did you read this from? Oh my God. Like, I'm not saying yes or no, but I'm just trying to act like what I, what 
she's saying is like so insightful yeah. when really I'm coming from a place of like, girl, you crazy. You know, I'm like, oh my she's God. She's a flight attendant? Yeah. I was like, I oh my God. Why. But she thought I was saying, oh my God, like I've never heard this. This is such yeah. good information. Like, thank God you're telling me. But I was like, oh my God, girl, you sound crazy. I can't wait until they force all of you to get your vaccination. I know. And so I asked her then. I was like, are you going to get it? She's like, oh, no, I would never. I can't. And I was like, okay. Like, Hope she's I ready didn't. to retire. I, and it was funny because the whole time I'm like asking her questions and she's giving me all this like very drawn, hard in the sand opinions. And then she finally was like, are you going to get it? And I was like, yeah, I don't see why not. And she's like, really? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, maybe call me naive, but I just trust in science from what I understand of it now and I was like I've gotten plenty of vaccines and they seem to keep me healthy and I'm a pretty healthy person yeah could the potential be out there that this could fuck up our lives potentially but also sitting doing nothing this COVID is fucking up my life Mm -hmm. I was like I'm just as frustrated as you are with everything like would I rather not wear a mask absolutely but do I do it out of courtesy for others absolutely we're fighting for the same fight but at least I'm gonna try something to make it better and Mm -hmm. if the vaccine is out there and I see that plenty of people that I trust, like nurses, doctors and stuff, were getting it. There's no problem in me getting it as well. Yeah. And it was funny because I was, she was like, I just can't believe we have to wear a mask. Like, this is so stupid. And I was like, you know, it's crazy too because like before America had to wear it, Japan and Korea, <laughs> they've been wearing it for years out of courtesy. Like if you get sick there, just out of courtesy, even if it's a common cold, because everyone's in so, such close proximity and just part of the culture, you care about one another they wear a mask. So it's crazy that like they've been doing it for years and yet Americans can't do it for a couple months. Yeah. It's so crazy. Which is interesting because I never considered wearing a mask when I was sick in public. Right. Because for but us. But it's something that I would do moving forward. hundred percent. Like you said, just as a courtesy. A and courtesy. being like, I don't feel well and I don't want to spread the germs that are in my body because 100%. I don't know what they are, but I have to go do X, Y, Z. Yes. Yeah. And she missed the mark on that because I was saying it in a way of being like, girl, calm down. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But she was like, I know it's crazy that they do that, yeah. you know, like kind of feeding into her own mindset. But I felt bad for her because I was like, damn, your life must be so easy mm. that wearing a mask really ruins your day. So she's a saying? real housewife of her ritzy town. Yeah, honestly, yeah. because like, Think about how many other things are real life matters. Like mm-hmm. people are in the hospital actually being sick. Mm-hmm. If you had something that you were going through that is traumatic, you would not care about a mask. Yeah. And I'm like, everything in your life must be so aligned for you to pick this is your heel to die on, mm-hmm. you know? And so in that respect, I was like, ooh, my mind is open. Wow. I'm like seeing my third eye is <laughs> wide open. Speaking of which, I was watching TikTok. You know, TikTok is like where I get all my news. Yeah. People are saying that this year, I guess something about the astrology and the stars and everything is aligned and energy or whatever. I'm going to explain this so wrong because I do not know. But apparently this is the time that our third eye is open Mm. and we see through reality. And this is a catalyst to being open more. I don't know. I'm probably explaining this so wrong. But they're saying that if you've been having really vivid dreams. Oh, uh, I have. Yes. Like this, the most vivid Most dreams. vivid dreams. But I've been having a lot of dreams of people that I end up reaching out to or that reach out to me before I reach out to them. Like you think of them and you're like, oh, I should reach out. And then you're and both on the And literally I have a message within that same day from a person, yeah. from that person. So that's part of it, right? Where you're you're having vivid dreams, people are feeling connected, you feel sore or fatigued, or there's like this heavy aura about you that your body's going through a lot mm. because we're realizing that like, <laughs> this is going to sound so <laughs> hippy dippy, but um, also kind of like um, 
conspiracy (laughs) where they're saying that like we're realizing a lot of things and that like the world is a simulation Mm. right and like it's in a matrix but it's kind of true though because we're realizing now that like capitalism really is ruining the world and we need to go back to the basics of just finding happiness not in like material things but like internally and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah it was worth mentioning because i was like yeah for sure if it is the case 2020 definitely is a year of sitting still and fucking reflecting your fucking life away yeah I was thinking about when you talked about wearing a mask in public and uh-huh. I was thinking about the the time that I was most uncourteous being in public and uh-huh. I, I thought about when I got double pink eye and I had to go see the doctor in New York <laughs> but my only way of getting there was the subway. So I'm wearing sunglasses and the subway's like 100 degrees and they kept sliding down. I'm pushing them up. I'm like trying to like look down and like not make eye contact with anybody and I'm like freaking out and then I finally made it to the doctor's office and I still had to keep them on inside which made me feel like even more of an asshole because I hate when people wear sunglasses inside. You should have just went in stumbling, like feeling around. People <laughs> like, oh, he's lying. It's okay. <laughs> With a cane. Yeah. Yeah. But it made me think of like how much I'm more aware of what my bacteria could do to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, not in your case, but I feel like we should have been aware of that in general. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but in our American way, we're like, no, I feel bad. I don't give a fuck about anyone else. Well, it's selfish of Americans because we don't give a fuck about what's going on outside of our reality. Yeah. And everyone thinks I'm the main character of my story, mm-hmm. my ego, my feelings, my emotions, what's going on in this moment matters more than anyone else's day, yeah. which breeds the idea of the Karen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the Kevin or any other customer service based job where you're like, girl, shut the fuck up. Go yeah. sit down. You know, I have a Karen and a Kevin in my family. You do. Mm-hmm. Wait, who's the Kevin? My cousin. Mm. yeah and the karen's your mom well she is okay (laughs) but uh the other thing that i wanted to say is i also love all the memes that are going around for people who don't want the vaccine and it's like if you've ever had airplane coffee you don't need to worry about what's in the vaccine (laughs) literally (laughs) so true well that's the thing people are like i don't want this in the in my body it's like bitch you licked a booty hole i have e coli (laughs) shut the fuck up you snorted coke on the weekends you didn't Mm -hmm. ask where that came from all these people getting injectables in their faces botox like girl shut up like you have done girl bye like bye on that note bye we mentioned in last episode this is going to be our last episode for this year as well as for season two of fruit snacks podcast i we want to dedicate this episode to a reflection i guess mm, is that what, so weird. is that what we're saying did we talk about this no Ew, i'm mad why it's that third eye mentality again <laughs> that was my in season a reflection yeah oh We'll see. Our third eyes are awakening. We realize this is a matrix. Let's yeah. go out and kill a bitch. It don't mm. matter. You know, we're all just a simulation. Mm. Fuck it. Yeah. So I just wanted to pose questions for us to kind of reflect on the year and kind of cement what 2020 meant for us as well as what 2020 can mean as a jumping point. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you start since you seem to have the same wavelength. Well, I've been talking to my old roommate from New York, Lily, mm-hmm. <clears throat> almost every week, every Friday we check in and she's sort of been helping me through this job search journey, but it goes so much further than just looking for a job. And the reason that we've connected the way that we have is because she knows that I've been in pursuit of not just a job, but something I want to be at for a long time mm-hmm. that will help me evolve. And even if this isn't my lifelong career, 
it's something that helps me develop other careers in my life. It's not just like, I want to be a flight attendant for two years and now I'm going to jump into a whole different subsect of my life kind of thing. I've been so thankful for the amount of time that I've had to sit in silence this year, because although at times it feels like it drags on forever and this whole year has just felt like such an upside down version of, of our reality. It's given me so much time to really consider what it is I want and need out of my long terms. It's really helped to put into perspective. It's basically set me up to open doors for myself come next year, Mm -hmm. which I think we often like to believe we do with a new year. That's the excitement of a new year. But this year in particular has taken so much from so many people. And I can't necessarily include myself because I don't feel like I've, I haven't lost as much as a lot of people have throughout this year on any scale of what that means. But I have gained a lot in the essence of um, acknowledging my identity and the way that I want to uh, express myself over the years to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm super thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2020 forcefully was like a very big year of isolation, mm-hmm. contemplation, where you really do have to sit with yourself and like reflect willingly or unwillingly. And I hope that for sure for me, but I hope that everyone took this opportunity to really be like, okay, let me slow the fuck down. Because I think what happens is we get into this like mindset or this track where we're just like, oh, what's next? What's coming up next? Oh, I have to wake up. I have to do this. And by the time you're already done with one thing, we're on to the next thing, even Mm -hmm. whether it's big or small. And we never pay homage to what we've done already or the journey we've come to and I feel like this year definitely has been that case for me Mm -hmm. and it's been nice to reflect and be like you know what I am okay because you always think like oh my god I have to get this done or I don't know about this or how am I going to do this and long-term goals and you forget that every day is kind of a gift I know that sounds so stupid but that was my learning lesson for this year and I think what you're saying is completely true it's like yeah looking back at where you've come and how that can help you going forward. I remember in New York, there was a start of a one of the years that I had lived there where I was unemployed. My roommate and I were both unemployed for like three, four months. And it got to the point where on top of being unemployed and being stuck at home, basically being in quarantine the way that we have been now this year, it was uh, winter in New York. And we had what was supposed to be like a snowmageddon situation. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Again, there was so much stillness and there was a good friend of mine who at the time was like, you don't know if or when you'll ever have this opportunity to sit in that stillness and reflect like what we're talking about. And so he's like, take advantage of it. And I always felt especially unproductive when talking to him because he was handling school and a full-time job and being in the military. Mm -hmm. And he was like, do you know how envious I am of your position though in being that I'm doing all of these things and I don't necessarily have a solidified outcome that I'm working towards. I I have a general idea of why I'm doing all of these things, but he's like, you have the opportunity to narrow in on what that is. Mm -hmm. I ended up picking up a serving job until I became a flight attendant. My story unfolded eventually, but this year I think I've taken that a step further and not just replacing my idle time with something to fill it. Mm -hmm. I've, taken the time to figure out how I'll continue to fill not just my time, but my, my essence, my being, my, my desires and Mm -hmm, wants. mm -hmm. And I think that's so much more important in the scale of looking at, oh, I was able to work through the year. I was able to pick up a little side hustle. And and I understand people had to do that. Mm -hmm. I again was like lucky in that I didn't have to do that. And so I was able to really take a step back and 
and in moments feel like I was able to scan or or look at my own life through a different perspective mm-hmm. that I'm not always able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you feel like you've learned the most about yourself this year? Like deep, deep down. Not like, oh, I learned how to cook or but like something mm-hmm. that like changed you as a person. I have the answers that I think I'm often looking for. I just have too far too often looked for validation in those answers from mm-hmm. other people. Mm. I found a lot of confidence in just knowing the answer and acting on it mm. this year. Do you have an example of some sometime this year where you've like when I when I quit that? Flying, okay. I knew long term that this was going to be like an inevitable outcome. I literally had months to contemplate and make that decision. Mm-hmm. And I took all of that time. Like it literally came down until the last 10 minutes that I had to submit that decision that even in the last few minutes, I called Russell and I was like, I'm going to make a list with you. And I wasn't seeking for him to um, make the list with me or to be like, great, I think that's a good idea. I just said, I just need to say this out loud with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I made my list and I was like, no, I'm doing it. And I submit it. And I was like, okay, let go. And there's even been moments where I'm like, uh, I feel like I maybe made the wrong decision, but then I have conversations like I had yesterday with that informational interview where I was like, I don't believe that I would have pushed as hard as I have been over the past few months to find that long-term next step for myself mm-hmm. if I had this backup plan mm-hmm. to fall into in six months from mm-hmm. now. For sure for you, you would have had to have that jumping point mm. in order to set that forward. But I asked this question just so that I get more insight on how you think, but why couldn't that coexist as is, right? Like wh- it can. I just But I'm saying for you, why wouldn't yeah. it have coexisted? Like like why couldn't I... you have flown? Not saying that you made the wrong decision, yeah. but I'm just asking questions. Like why couldn't you have flown and used that because it's so flexible in being like, okay, I'm safe there. Let mm. me use the extra time I have into really diving into something because it is something I want rather than you forcing yourself to almost have this loss in order to have this growth. Yeah. I think I get wrapped up in my emotions a lot. Mm -hmm. So when I was flying, there were times when I was super unhappy because of my schedule or the people that I was or was not working with Mm -hmm. or the places I was going and and the, the isolation that flying sometimes brought would put me into a mindset that didn't allow me to just go about living my life on a day-to-day basis the way that I would otherwise normally be living it Mm -hmm. on my time off. And I feel like that would have pulled my attention. And that's just my own shortcomings in being so emotionally wrapped up in the way that I feel about Mm. things. The other thing is like, I made this decision looking ahead and I was like, financially, I'm okay for X amount of time. Mm -hmm. I almost felt settled in knowing almost everybody around me in my life is also off work. So I also didn't feel... Like I was the only one sitting out. And I think that that was something that I did feel that last time in New York when I was unemployed, where I was like, I would be on social media and everybody's out living a life. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not doing that. And then suddenly I was like, well, I need to figure something out too. And I would get wrapped up in in that comparison Mm -hmm. aspect that Mm -hmm. we do on like social media, where... I felt like I needed to make decisions just for the sake of posting about them to be like, I'm doing stuff too. Like, look mm-hmm. at me. I feel like with me, I don't know, necessarily care about other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds so fucked up. <laughs> but I, I see what you're not caring in the sense that I'm like not compassionate, but like yeah. how their opinions or judgments on me. But I do understand that idea that you get caught up on social media thinking, oh my God, everyone else's life is like so much more progressed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you realize when you look at it and like, kind of break it down one they're only posting the good stuff Mm -hmm. you know and then two 
when you were if you were to really sit and talk to them would they be that happy you never know well you know? and i've i've had conversations with people that i never would have guessed weren't in their happy place right my big learning lesson in my deep down personal life and this has been a theme for my year and i said this at the beginning of the year is expand mm. and that idea of expansion I always feel like I have to fill my time with mm. things t- in order to like feel productive or expand yeah. in that way. But then I really think that because I was filling myself with a lot of really unimportant things that I thought I wanted to do, I wasn't really dating myself throughout these years. I was always like, oh, I need to do this to do this for this person or do mm. this for some other outside energy. Yeah. And this year I really took my time now to expand my internal clock. It wasn't necessarily the same thing of like worrying about anyone else. But I took this year really a lot to look into things that I knew made me uncomfortable, right? Mm. Where I was like, fuck, I don't really want relationships. Like, I feel stupid. I feel... Sometimes, like, I'm like, when you get rejected, right? Like, just recently, Mm. I got rejected twice. And before, I don't think it would sit with me too hard. But also, I'd be like, see, this is why I don't waste my time, right? Where I'm like, uh. But then now, I'm like, oh, I felt rejected. Let me go out and get rejected again. Mm. Just so I know where I'm like kind of failing yeah. rather than being like, see, no, I don't have time for this. Yeah. And what I realized throughout this last year and speaking with Kyle, this is what I realized is that Kyle, obviously my best friend, when I look at his life, I envy it in a sense because like every time we do things, he's always like buying things and like mm-hmm. getting the newest, nicest thing because he makes a lot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting here struggling financially because I'm like, fuck, okay, I need a roommate for this room just to help pay the mortgage. Could I pay it all? Sure. But like, this is the thing that I struggle in my head. I'm like, again, like a shower door. I'm like, I wish Mm -hmm. I could just buy a shower door, which is only like $1,200 to buy. I say only $1,200 because in the grand scheme of things of like central air, that's way more than a shower door. I'm like, I could eventually get that and it's fine. But even still, I'm like, I can't even afford a shower door, (laughs) you know? And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, like I, maybe I'm fucking up like i'm not using my potential because like flying Mm. is so easy yeah and we aren't doing shit and all these things where i'm like fuck now i'm like second guessing my life choices but then i sit there and think if i switched lives with kyle would i enjoy having the money Mm. i don't think the answer is yes and kyle helped me realize this too because i was talking to him i was like i just maybe i should do your job because i see you're very stable and you seem to really enjoy what you have he's like Brian, do not switch with me. He's like, because look at it. Look how much stress. Look how stressed I am all the time with my job. And yes, the money's nice, but I can't even enjoy it because I'm always getting pulled away mm-hmm. to make more money. He's like, with you, yes, you're not like making a ton, but you're also not struggling to pay bills, right? Yeah. And I think he's like, with you, the stuff that you do get because you have to work a little bit extra for it, you're more grateful for it. Mm. He's like, I wish I could just do what you do. And like, if you don't feel like working, you don't work. And then you decide to go ride a bike or catch up with a friend or fly and see your brother or whatever the case is. He's like, I can't do any of that because I'm pulled in all these different directions. And he's like, I never get sleep because I'm always thinking about the next day. And he's like, but you seem to really enjoy your life as a friend. When I watch you in your life, you always seem to be enjoying your life. Yes, you have hard days, Hmm. but there is that idea that like, if things get tough, you can be flexible enough to take a day to get yourself re-situated. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, coming from someone who's an outsider, it's that very social media thing where you look at someone else's life and you're thinking everything must be perfect, mm-hmm. but then they probably envy you what you have that you consider you're struggling, you know? Totally. And I think that's a completely natural human reaction. But for me, this year sitting with thoughts like that, I'm like, oh, you know what? I am okay. Mm. The biggest thing, especially reading through this year, I've been reading a lot of Buddhist type 
mindset books or like life empowerment books, not necessarily like you got it. Yeah. You know, you're a badass, but more so like third eye thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where you kind of see through the facade of everything. Yeah. And one of the things said is that instead of like, for instance, if I take my parents' relationship, instead of crying over the loss of my parents and what that relationship could be, why not let that relationship in reality be what it is, define it. And then now you don't have to worry about fighting for it because now you have all this extra space to let in better love that you need, right? Mm-hmm. Or why do I keep beating myself up for my family's relationship? Or why do I keep beating myself up for like a intimate relationship with a boyfriend or whatever? When realistically, all those relationships I'm fighting for, now I'm putting energy towards that. Mm-hmm. And if I put that to bed for now and let the universe handle it, now I have space for all these other things to open yeah. up. Do you get what I'm saying with yeah. that? That alone was like a big moment for me Mm -hmm. an aha moment and I was just um, and this goes back to just as another example but I was talking to one of my friends who is going through a transition of being trans and through his journey his his family coming out to him his family and stuff it's just not going so well Mm -hmm. and he was telling me that this is the first Christmas where he's not going to be with his family and it's really hard for him because one he's down about Mm -hmm. his own life and then also down about you know a very big support system that he thought he had in his Uh, life that's no longer there and I was like I completely understand what you're going through yeah but look at it this way that this is a new opportunity new opportunity for you to invite people into your life that are meant to be there as well as this is your first Christmas that you're being your authentic self and that is something worth celebrating Mm -hmm. so instead of being sad that you aren't spending Christmas with certain people that you think you need in life be happy that you're celebrating Christmas with people who authentically are there for you and Mm -hmm. support you as you being you and that is something worth being joyful over because realistically this is the jumping off point right the beginning point of you being yourself from this point on Mm -hmm. and all that trauma that you feel like is happening during the season you can put to bed now because it doesn't affect you anymore now that you're being open with yourself yeah and he was like oh my god i never thought of it that way and with that example that's just like the sum of my year where Mm -hmm. i'm like expending energy and saving energy in times that i feel like i need Rather than always just go, go, going. Yeah. And that that was like a big learning lesson for me this year. Mm. What was like a high point for you? Honestly, this time right now feels like the highest point. Moving back to LA felt really exciting, mm-hmm. but it also happened so quickly. I'm in this place of sitting in my own stillness and going back to that third eye feeling energetically, like I am doing and I'm currently standing exactly where I need to be and doing what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that feels, well, I mean, I haven't really been doing anything if you take it that way, but in terms of taking the steps forward now that I am, that feels right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain that to anybody. It's almost like when you come out and you start to become your true authentic self, like what you were just talking about, and you realize, oh my God, this is who I was supposed to be. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I feel like right mm-hmm. now. And that's a really high point because... I don't even have a job, but I feel like I can't be ter- torn down. I know something good is coming. I'm on the precipice of something really great. Mm-hmm. And I just need a little bit more time. I just need to get through the holidays and let other people get through the holidays so that I can start my journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I've already started it, but actively doing it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like just what I'm waiting for now. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like my uh, high point for the year, this is gonna sound so ass backwards, but it is honestly the trauma that we all experienced collectively through 2020. And I know that seems so mm. like, what the fuck, like cynical. Because <laughs> you're like, why are you so excited about all the trauma we went through? But I think socially, it feels really nice to have this openness, even though it does sometimes get volatile and a little bit uh, tiresome. But like the conversations that were happening around Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. and the conversations happening around Trump and current America and how America really took a big hit and we got knocked off our pedestal of like what is great. And at least to me, I've always felt like what people are saying that is America, mm -hmm. even though it's not a pleasant thing, right? I love the idea that we uncover a lot of the truths that are behind what really is happening. Yeah. And for me, that is a high point. I feel like within that, I found my own strength, right? Because now having conversations like that, it's easy to get very emotional and stuff. But I feel like I'm equipped with being able to have conversations like that. And I realize that inside myself, there's that inner strength yeah. for that. And I think going forward, there's something internally that has woken inside of me that's been like, okay, let me... There's a direction. I don't know what the direction is, but I feel like there's a calling from the universe to be like, yeah, this is where you should be. And I was mm -hmm. asking friends, like, what would I, what should I do? Because I've been saying I want to transition, pivot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And a lot of friends would be like, I really think teaching is where you are. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily teaching in the sense of like high school or like a, a traditional setting, but teaching in the sense of helping people understand mm -hmm. where they're at in the world. The trauma that we've all mutually experienced it feels good to kind of shed that weight mm -hmm. and seeing this transformation of people and this openness to talk about things that are uncomfortable. Cause you know me, I have like no boundaries. I feel like people are now open to just being like, yeah, let me be vulnerable and say these things. Yeah. It's been fun. <laughs> mm. It's been fun. And it, honestly, it's been a high point for me because I love to be a little messy bitch and it's feels <laughs> like America has been really messy. So it's been nice to see i say that jokingly it's not nice to see people's pain but it's yeah. nice to see pain in the hopes of healing mm -hmm. and in order to heal you really do have to sit with your wounds and clear out all that debris before you can actually start healing properly well and what i think of when i listen to you say all of that is how selfish a lot of us could have felt this past year in terms of there were moments where we didn't feel the energy to take care of anybody else because we were all figuring out how to take care of ourselves but that alone is so vital in being able to take care of anybody else. It's like when RuPaul's like, how are you going to love anybody else when mm -hmm. you don't love yourself? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how are you going to take care of anybody else when you're not taking care of yourself? And so that selfishness in reflecting and, and sitting with yourself and figuring out what you need is the only way that you'll have the abilities to then move forward mm -hmm. being like, okay, I know how to take care of someone else or I know how to help push somebody else the way that maybe I needed to be pushed right. and, and wasn't or was, and I want to pass that on. Cause I said something about feeling selfish recently to somebody because I just, I wasn't equipped to, to take care of them or to even converse in a sense that would make it seem like everything's good with right. me like because you, it wasn't. You, you don't have the energy to play nice in that yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would just have to like close the door and sit in the room by myself. And that person who I was talking to was like, it's not selfish in the sense of, you're a self-entitled person. It's just you need to be selfish in that moment to be able to not be so selfish in the future. The other thing I'll say, like in reflecting the way that we are right now, but a really important lesson for all of us to learn this year is that politics has given us the opportunity to speak our minds and to 
to use our voices to like have conversations or to go out and vote for the things that we do or do not want in ways that we weren't before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so telling of how we were as people, not just as voters, but as people in that we didn't always, or I knew I didn't always speak up on behalf of what I wanted and needed because I gave myself any number of reasons to excuse behavior or although politics have felt so heavy this year, it's also been a great year. Like that quote you had talked about where like 2020 is the unbecoming of everything we've learned Mm -hmm. is the becoming of everything we want to be. And Mm -hmm. that's just been a really cool, like cyclical motion of Mm -hmm. human life. And it was funny because I feel like going into 2020, I was like, 2020 is going to be my year. I'm sure a lot of people felt the same Mm way, but really 2020 really has been my year. When you take off the trauma or the emotion behind that trauma, you realize, oh, no, I needed 2020. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anytime you think of something that happened great in your life, typically, or like a big shift in your life, typically, there's trauma right before it. Mm -hmm. And the things that you feel like, oh, my God, this is the most memorable moment in my life. It's usually something that you've really had to work towards or really had to overcome. And 2020 is going to be one of those moments for a lot of people Because, again, you're forced to be strong, and you don't know how strong you are until strength is the only option. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, mentally, today this year has really challenged us (laughs) to mentally be agile, emotionally agile, and really push forward. And I think it's been really healthy, hopefully, Mm -hmm. for most people. But for me, I feel like it was definitely a healthy journey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess moving forward, we can end on this note. What do you want to happen towards the future for yourself? I just want to continue feeling the way that I do right now. Mm-hmm. I want to continue listening to my gut and my instincts. And I want to continue making decisions based on what's best for me, knowing that that will be the only way that I can be better for other people. Mm-hmm. I just want to in a broad sense, feel like I'm continuing on this path of settling into the mold that I was meant to to, to fit into mm-hmm. all along. Mm-hmm. That's like most important to me right now. Mm. Yeah, I have like so many things that I'm like really looking forward to. Uh, to begin with, I'm really excited for this relationship journey that I'm going on with myself as far mm. as me and my interaction with other people. The, the year really kind of erased the clutter of people I thought were important in my life, but mm. not that not that they weren't important because I don't want, like, especially if someone that's a friend that's listening that I haven't talked to in a while, I don't want you to think that I'm, like, singling you out, but this is a very general term. Like, for instance, quitting Disney, right? Mm. That was my main group of friends. Yeah. But then now that the pandemic has happened and we don't really talk anymore, I realize that was my main group of coworkers, not mm. friends. And that is not a negative thing. Yeah. But... Because of the pandemic, the people that I still keep in contact with really showed me that those are the energies that I need in my life. And the 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 ones that I keep talking to over this pandemic really are the ones that I'm like, okay, yes, they're 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 reaching out. They're still in my life for a reason, and that's been really healthy for me. And through that, it's been a good decipher as to what I want to look for in a partner. Because mm. I'm like, oh, I like this support I get from this person. I like mm-hmm. this humor I get from this person. I like this activity adventure side that I get from this person it really does help me kind of solidify what kind of energy I want as a partner Mm -hmm. and so going forward I really do feel like from this point on I'm going to put energy into finding a partner because I think that has always been on the back burner for me yeah considering like I said I get rejected get irritated instead of thinking about it I just pick up another shift Mm -hmm. or take a take on another hobby rather than be like okay let me see why yeah that happened and let me 
keep diving into that space, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be easy to, for me to find someone because I think not to say, oh, I'm special, I'm different. But I do feel like personally from how I view relationships and this person that hypothetically needs to support me, I know it's going to be a very rare find and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to go on that journey. Secondly, I had a conversation with my brother. He usually calls me on Mondays after he listens to the podcast and mm-hmm. we kind of talk. And he kind of got deep with me for a second and was just kind of saying like, Brian, I know that like, you're not that close with our family, but he wanted to be the family that I felt like I was missing. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I know that over the years we've gone up and down, but like, I really want you to know that I support you Mm -hmm. and I really want to be there for you as a brother and blah, 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 blah. And in that moment, it's a new... It's unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar, yes. Not unfamiliar for my brother because we've always got along, but unfamiliar from like a family feeling, right? right? And I had to drop that vulnerability in that moment because normally I would be like, okay, I get it. Like, let's just move on. But I was like... Actually, I really appreciate you saying that, you know, and kind of like letting that vulnerability speak in that moment and being mm-hmm. okay with being like, yeah, that makes me uncomfortable, but I do appreciate what you're saying. And yeah, I feel like, uh, like I was saying with a lot of reflection, I have a really good mind's eye of what my feeling is in moments and like mm-hmm. how to express that to someone else yeah. when before it was never that way. And that's been really nice for me. And I, I really feel like it's going to be exciting to take that. I guess that skill moving forward, because I feel like a lot of the times, especially this past year, a lot of my close friends are being like, Brian, I feel like you're different. And mm. I was like, I agree. I don't know what it is, but I agree. I feel like I'm different too. And I don't think as many things bother me as quickly as I used to. And I think that's a really good lane for me to stay in. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. And also, like, I'm excited that I don't really give a shit for what's to come. <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but... I was saying this earlier that like death has been on my mind and the thought of death is kind of comforting. And originally that was like a scary point because I was like, oh, I'm depressed. But now it's almost like on the flip where I'm like, yeah, the worst that can happen is if you die. But if you die, you're dead. So you don't have to worry. So why worry now? Mm. And I know that like it's not like don't worry, don't pay your bills, live life as you want. Like I know I have to do certain things to keep my my stability afloat. But I also know that I don't have to take on the baggage of stuff that really doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And I think we do that a lot, especially myself. The simulation is telling me to do that, but in my internal gut is not telling me to do that. I feel like the universe has a good way of putting the right people in your life that support you in a way that you need when you mm. really are your authentic self, yeah. where you're not trying to prove a point. You're not trying to change the world. You're just trying to be you. Mm-hmm. And I think that people... And energies gravitate towards authenticity. And I am excited to kind of fall into that and really go forward into that. And with all that said, I encourage you guys for the next few weeks, especially going into this holiday season with your family and friends, this new year season, obviously it's going to be completely different than what we've experienced previously with traditions just because of COVID and all that stuff. Take a moment to really sit silent and look at yourself as a being. Pay homage to where you've come to this point because really we survived, right? Mentally mm-hmm. we survived, emotionally we survived, and some of us physically we survived. And give yourself grace to be like, thank you for being with me in this moment as far as your body, your mind, and your soul. Yeah. And then really go forward thinking, where do I need to put my energy? Because like we said, as we said in the past hour, it's been very beneficial for us. Yeah. And I think you'll learn a lot about yourself within five minutes mm-hmm. is worth doing yeah right mm-hmm. so girl open that third eye <laughs> blink blink simple things that interfere a day a week a month a year we bring it up for a reason simply put the sins in season 
have the worst headache right now. Hmm. You know what it is? <laughs> Screen time? No, when I sleep, I oh. like get in a fetal position and I'm looking at my phone like a little bit lower. So uh, my, my neck. neck is like curling yeah. down, like my chin is to my chest almost. Yeah. And then I fall asleep that way. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh. And I didn't realize I did this because I'm like, oh, it must just be anxiety and stress. Like my body feels tense. But then one day I was like, let me just throw my head back. And I literally threw my head back almost like as if I'm like looking up at the sky, but like laying down. And it changed my world. But last night I think I like fell asleep with like a fetal position again because mm. my head is hurting so bad. Anyways, what is your in-season for us this week? My final in-season of 2020, I was going to say reflecting, but in talking through this episode, I'm going to say finding your words mm. is my in-season. I think a year ago I didn't have the words for explaining what it is I wanted for myself or for the people around me. And the accessibility to those words and formulating those ideas to express them out loud is uh, is key to being able to ask for help in the ways that we need it mm-hmm. in order to take the next steps in our lives. Mm. Yeah. You want some of my words? Because I have way no, too no, no, many no. words. We're good. We're on in season. Let's just close up the episode. <laughs> well, I have way too many words. You can have some of my words, girl. Um, <laughs> in season for me is actually a book. Like I was saying, I was really looking into love. And because I don't experience it that much, it's nice to like throw yourself into love stories to where, yes, it might not resonate with me from my previous life or like things that I've experienced, but it's nice to like just tap into that idea because again, it's like unfamiliar. And I know it sounds so juvenile, like as if I'm like some fucking 13-year-old boy who's never fell in love before. But the book that I want to mention, and I honestly think this is such a great book. It's a book of poetry or like little short. And when I say short, I literally mean like three sentences a page of like thinking points where you just kind of reflecting on how I view Mm. these topics that he speaks of. But the book is called Flowers on the Moon by Billy Chapata. I want to say it's poetry. I don't know. I don't know poetry that well. I'm assuming it's poetry and it'd probably fall into the poetry category. But I just wanted to read a little snippet. A snippet of it. <laughs> Girl, English is hard. See, this is why I, I was have like, to you read. just make snippet and tidbit. Yeah, snippet. <laughs> this is just one of the passages in it. I used to reside in your heart, but I had to move out recently. Between you and me, it became a little too expensive to live there. It cost me too much happiness, and it cost me so much peace, and these are things I never budgeted for when you asked me to move in. The warmth I felt in the air when I first moved in slowly turned cold, and even though I attempted several times to repair the broken windows and fix the energy between us, sometimes situations should be left alone before common ground is found. We've waited and waited, staring at clocks and hoping time can replace everything we've lost, but the only thing I've found is that it's best for me to pack my belongings and go. Sleeping in a cold heart every day and hoping that it will warm up is like playing a game of Russian roulette with my happiness, and I'm not trying to take any chances, so I moved out and came back to myself, and I can finally safely say there's no place like home. Right? Like, the way he wrote out that idea of love Mm. puts it in a contextual feeling of concreteness where it's like, yeah, if something was bothering you in your own home, why you would move out or fix it. Mm -hmm. And we forget to do that when it's like an emotional home. Mm -hmm. And so little things like that, I've been taking screenshots galore out of this book because I'm reading it on a Kindle. Mm. And yeah, I recommend people to read this because it's not only about love, but like self-reflection. So is it more of a collection of poetry? 
I mean, it's all him. So yeah, it's, yeah. But I guess his collection. But it's just like um, that's what I mean. Is it written as a collection of poems, or is it like a continuous chapter? So th- there's book? like different groups or categories of ideas of what he's going to talk about. So that one was from the group of love, right? But then there's like a self-identity one Mm -hmm. where it's like harnessing your own power. And then there's also the idea of like um, creativity and all this stuff. But yeah, it's been super, super enjoyable to read because Mm -hmm. it really does make me reflect. And I keep finding myself reading literally like two sentences and I'm like, oh, you know, (laughs) where I just feel so connected. Like I'll read another one. And this is literally just one page. It said, clothe her in love, but leave her mind naked. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, don't change who I am, bitch. Leave me who I want to be, but then support me by dressing me in love. And just seeing that, I'm like, oh, yes. Because like (laughs) reading that, if I put it in my own life, clothe me in love, but leave my mind naked. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the love I want to find. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to feel love, but I also don't want you to change me. I want you to support me in who I am. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. So yeah. Bonita. Flowers on the Moon by Billy Chapata. Not a paid sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. This is going to be our last and final episode for season two as we sign off. Please do us a favor. If you like this episode or any episode previously, review, write, subscribe, rate, all of the above. It's crazy because I feel like I am overwhelmed sometimes when I go look at the reviews because, you know, you say it and I listen to a ton of podcasts and I hardly ever feel inclined to review or rate. Mm -hmm. And so the people who have, thank you so much. Like, I know it's an easy gesture, but it does feel like it's a lot of effort, but we really do appreciate it and we do read them. And so thank you so much. So if you want to follow us on Instagram to see what we're doing or keep up with our social media, you can always find us at Fruit Snacks Pod. And if you want to email us, you can email us at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. And on that note, we're going to be signing off for the year 2020 and season two of Fruit Snacks Pod. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you next year mm. on the podcast. Happy holidays. Take care, guys. Have a good new year.